Late Night City, Beyond the Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, I spoke to this man before. I loved this man last time. Uh, we talked about defunking psychics. And he's come back to talk about aliens and UFOs. Oh, my word. Professor Christopher C. French. Hello, Christopher. Hello. You're head of what? <laughs> You're not even going to try it this time. No. <laughs> it's the Anomalistic Psychology Research Unit. So the psychology of anomalous experiences, basically. And the word means what? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I am just interested in any kind of weird experience that people report. Um, but I mean, anomalistic is based on anomaly, so kind of unusual experiences that people have. And we're interested in trying to understand the psychology of what's going on there. Right. Now, I'm going to say something to you now that you weren't expecting, because we're going to talk about UFOs, etc. But you might be able to explain this. I'm a broadcaster. I'm 71 mm -hmm. years old. Four years ago, I tried to do an interview with David Icke. David Icke wouldn't do the interview. Some young man came on and said he wouldn't do an interview with you, Peter Price, because you are a shape-shifting lizard. Uh <laughs> if you go on um, um, social media now, you will see that Pete Price is known as a lizard. And there's been a campaign with photographs of me and posters saying Pete Price is a lizard. And it's got to two and a half million hits so far. And it's nice. all over the world. How has that happened? Now, there's an interesting question for you. There is an interesting question. Uh, yes. I mean, what, that one of the areas that we're interested in is the whole psychology of belief in conspiracies. Um, and, of course, David Icke is, uh, many would argue, the king of conspiracies, at least in the UK. Um, and, I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating area because, on the one hand, you know, What we're not saying is, we're not saying that conspiracies never actually happen. I mean, clearly they do. You can think of historical examples like Watergate and so on and so forth. But then you get up to the kind of ones which are really, really bizarre, like the idea that the Earth is run by shape-shifting lizards, mm -hmm. including your good self. Yep. Um, and, I mean, I, I have to say that that just kind of stretches credulity a little bit too far for most people, but not for all people, clearly. There are lots of people who buy into these ideas, no matter how weird. And, and what the research shows, and I think this is really quite interesting, is... I mean, what we're interested in is why are some people so drawn to conspiracies? Why, is, why are some people more susceptible to them than others? And you can show, you can demonstrate this quite nicely. Basically, there have been a number of studies where people just make up a conspiracy. I mean, you and I could do it now. We could just make something up just out of thin air with no evidence to support it whatsoever. And if we then included that on a questionnaire along with more famous conspiracy theories like who shot JFK and uh, whether Princess Di was assassinated, all that stuff, fake moon landings, all that, you would get a sizable minority of people mm. who would say, yes, they believed in our conspiracy, even though we've just made it up yeah. and we know there's no evidence to support it. Let me stop you there. You mustn't miss out 9-11 either. Because I have like so many rows about that. Yeah. Oh, yes. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's huge. And, and what you find with those kind of classic conspiracy theories is that they are they're so multifaceted. You know, I mean, argue, as I'm sure you'll know yourself, arguing with conspiracy theorists on this stuff, you knock down one point 
and they say, oh, yeah, but what about blah, blah, and they bring something else up, and it's like trying to nail jelly to the wall. You know, it's so <laughs> difficult to pin them down. So do you, do you ever give up on some of these conspiracy people if you're having a mis- meeting with them? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm interested in the psychology of what makes people believe. And, and so to some extent, it's kind of, you know, I, I am less interested in trying to say whether this or that particular conspiracy is true. But, I mean, you know, it, I am interested in that as well, but I'm less interested in that. I'm more interested in, well, why do some people really find themselves drawn to conspiracies, no matter kind of how outrageous they might be? In terms of actually trying to uh, change people's minds about these things, then I think you've got a continuum there. You've got the people at the extremes, people like David Icke and all his followers and there's nothing you could ever say to them no. that would change their minds. I mean, and he's making is, a good living out of it, too. Oh, he's making a very good living out of it. He can <laughs> fill, you know, arenas with yep. people who are hanging on every word. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, it, I mean, Alex Jones is the obviously the American equivalent. Um, I mean, and he's got the ear of Donald Trump, you know. I mean, this is, That's this scary. Is That's a scary stuff. statement, Christopher. Absolutely. Uh, so... You know, I mean, we live in interesting times, you know, kind of fake news, all this misinformation, disinformation that's out there. And I think it's really important that people trying to... I mean, I often, I often say of conspiracy theorists, I like sceptics, but without the critical thinking skills. You know, I mean, it's good to question the official version of events. It's good to be a bit sceptical. But you've got to be able to then evaluate yeah. the evidence and decide, actually, this is likely to be true or, no, this is likely to be nonsense. It really is, to me, very worrying. And what makes me cross on my phone in when people say, well, where did you get that information from? Uh, well, the internet. Yeah, but anybody in the world can lie on the internet. There's no policing on the internet. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, the internet is a great source of information, but it's also a fantastic source of misinformation. Mm. And, 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 and people really need to... I mean, it, there are steps, as you will know, to kind of try and educate people a little bit now and... But most people in their everyday lives don't have either the time or the expertise or the inclination to go to all that trouble to think, OK, so what's the source for this evidence? And can I trust that source? And so on and so forth. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm lucky in that sense. I'm an academic. People pay me to do that kind of stuff. But for most people, mm-hmm. if you hear it down the pub, well, why not believe it? Especially if it's something that fits with your belief system anyway. Well, just stay with my lizard thing for a second, then we'll move on. Um, I don't believe a lot of people believe it, but it's just grown. And now people all around the world are holding up posters saying Pete Price is a lizard. The latest, <laughs> the latest two, which have made me roar with laughter, is the top wrestler in the world, Hulk Hogan, is holding a poster saying Pete Price is a lizard. And then last night, we have a lady boy in Thailand with on his backpack, Pete Price is a lizard. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you, you've got a great reach there. You oh, know? I mean, it, it's, it's, I'm it's, so impressed. No, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. But it just, I just wonder how it grows when they don't even know me and I'm certainly not a shapeshifting lizard. <laughs> well, you 
you would say that, wouldn't you? That's <laughs> what women say you to say. Love it. I knew you'd come back with that one. Right, Christopher, last time you were on, we talked about psychics. And you blew it out the window. You really did. And an awful lot of people were incredibly impressed with that interview. And I said to you when you mentioned briefly, you went UFOs. And I went, oh, no, please leave it. Let's talk about that. Now, I will say to you, and you know I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I believe that we live in this unbelievable universe. And I, I do believe that there's got to be something out there because um, it's so vast. Why should we be so vain to think we're the only ones here? But I don't see and understand the UFO things. Off you go. Right, I agree entirely. I mean, I mean, people often say, you know, oh, God, how arrogant you are to think that we're you know, humans are the only intelligent life form. And I have to say, sometimes you look at humans and think intelligent. Uh, but anyway, you know, uh, yeah. we're not saying that. I mean, there's a very famous equation by a physicist called Frank Drake called Drake's Equation that attempts to estimate the... Uh, probability of life elsewhere. And most scientists, I think it's fair to say, would, would agree with what you've said, that, yeah, the universe is a very big place, provided the conditions are right, we would expect life to evolve elsewhere. But that is different to the question of, has that alien life made contact with Earth? And even more so, is it doing so on a regular basis and abducting people and doing all this weird stuff to them? Um, and then the evidence is much, much more shaky. So whether you're talking about, um, I mean, close encounters of the first kind, which are just basically sightings, through close encounters of the second kind, where you've got some kind of physical evidence, like a photograph or, or alleged landing marks on the ground or whatever, to close encounters of the third kind, which is actual human-alien contact, when you look at all of those, I think you can come up with more plausible psychological explanations for what's going on, rather than actual extraterrestrial contact. Right. Let's start with the first question from me. Did we or did we not land on the moon? We did. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe those conspiracy theorists on that? I can't, well, yeah. I mean, the, I mean I think, again, I think the moon landing uh, hoax is, is, is a classic conspiracy theory because there's so many different elements to it again. There's, you know, arguments about the kind of pattern of shadows, there's argument about the radiation belt and all this kind of stuff, but they've all been thoroughly answered and debunked by people who know about this stuff. And, yeah, there really isn't any good reason to carry on believing in that stuff. I recently um, interviewed a lady, and, of course, as you know, this day and age, it's um, becoming huge business, aliens, books, out of out of being all that whole thing a lady who is half pleridium i think she called herself and yeah. and she sleeps regularly with um aliens and gets prodded which is a I nice way of putting I it i might have been on daytime tv with this person i've certainly been on daytime tv with a lady yeah. who uh claims that she has sex with aliens on a yeah. regular basis and that it's better than sex with any man she's ever had sex with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, it might be the same lady. You ha did you have her in the studio? No, 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 no. Oh, it was just on the phone. So I was going to say if phone. you could remember yeah. what she looked like. Yeah. She was very, she was lovely. She was absolutely lovely, but I don't really think she's having sex with aliens on, on a regular basis. 
What about these people that are taken up and are convinced they've been taken up? What, what's your explanation of stuff well, like I, that? Well, I think that what's going on there, I think we're dealing with an example of false memories. Um, and there's, there's some kind of evidence to support that insofar as there have been some studies that have actually compared people who have conscious memories of being abducted by aliens with uh, control groups and you can do various tests to look at susceptibility to false memories and they certainly seem to be more susceptible they're the kind of people you'd expect to be more likely to develop false memories and the question then is well you know why do they develop these false memories and one important factor it's not the it's not the only factor and it doesn't it's not doesn't it doesn't apply to all cases either, but it does apply to a lot, is a phenomenon known as sleep paralysis. Um, have you heard of sleep paralysis, Pete? Uh, I've heard about it, but explain it, please. OK, what it is, it's, it's, in its most basic form, is very common. We typically find about 30% of our first-year intake will say, yes, they've had this at least once. In its most common form, it's when you're half awake and half asleep and you realise you can't move. And it typically lasts for a few seconds and you snap out of it. And it's, it's not really a big deal. It's a bit disconcerting, but nothing more. But in a smaller percentage of the population, you get associated symptoms that make it much, much scarier. So you might, for example, get a really strong sense of presence. You feel as if there's someone in the room with you uh, or something in the room with you. And whatever it is, they don't mean you any good at all. Um, you might actually get hallucinations. You might see lights moving around the room or dark shadows or even monstrous figures. You might hear voices or footsteps or mechanical sounds. You might feel as if you're being held and something's breathing on the back of your neck. You know, it can be absolutely terrifying because it feels incredibly real. There's also, it's often reported, you get a sense of pressure on the chest and difficulty breathing. And the whole thing, not surprisingly, is characterised by intense fear. Um, now, some people, not many, but some people get this on a regular basis, you know, and you've got to, it really affects their quality of life. But if they don't know that there is a scientific and medical literature on sleep paralysis, we, we pretty much know in broad terms what causes it, um, then, then you might kind of be looking around for explanations. And if you read certain books about UFOs, they will say, if you've ever had this kind of experience, you have probably been abducted by aliens and they have wiped your memory for the rest of the experience. And so at last you've got an explanation. Also, you know, you're not crazy, which is the other thing that you were worried about. And the next task becomes, well, I must recover these memories. And so people then go to say, go to see a hypnotist, get themselves hypnotically regressed in the mistaken belief this is a way of uncovering repressed or hidden memories. In fact, it provides the perfect context for the formation of false memories. If you go and see a hypnotist for hypnotic regression in the belief that you may have been abducted by aliens, there's a pretty good chance that you will end up with memories precisely corresponding to that, even though, in fact, it never happened. They're false memories. Now, that really was fascinating statement. How long did it take you to work that out? Well, again, I mean, I'm not saying that it's me that kind of came up with the idea. There's a, there are a few psychologists who have looked into these kinds of experiences. Um, and then it's basically a matter of kind of, you know, piecing it together with existing research, looking at um, the formation of false memories for, for less bizarre claims. Uh, so, for example, I mean, we know from a number of studies that 
just in terms of uh, susceptibility to false memories, one of the most effective ways of implanting a false memory for something is to, is to use hypnotic induction procedures. You know, for, you, typical example would be you get someone in and ask them, you know, how they slept last night, and they say, oh, I slept very well. You say, you didn't, you didn't wake up in the night at all. They say, no, you then hypnotize them. You then implant the suggestion that around about three in the morning, there was a loud bang that woke them up, and they, you know, looked out of the window to see what it was, and then went back to bed and went back to sleep. You bring them out of the hypnotic trance, and you uh, ask them, did you sleep well last night? And they'll say, no, 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 so I was woken up. There was a loud bang, something, I don't know what it was, in the middle of the night, you know. Um, so we know from that kind of uh, study. There are also studies looking at um, what I would consider to be false memories uh, that use hypnosis. So, for example, you've probably heard of hypnotic past life regression. And you can show in, in various control studies that if you uh, put people through this procedure, not, it won't work on everybody, but on quite a number of people, particularly those who are highly suggestible, they will end up apparently recovering memories of past lives. And, I mean, we can be sure they're false memories because the kind, the, what, the, what they will give you is the kind of Hollywood version of life in ancient Rome, not life in ancient Rome as it actually historically was. So, yeah, we can be very confident we're dealing with false memories. So there's a, there's a lot of evidence that kind of comes together that supports this, this kind of notion. Now, do you interview people um, who have been what they call abducted have you interviewed people and we the have done yeah. we have done i mean it, it, it i mean one of the problems with trying to do research in this area is that obviously those people who by and large are not hoaxers i mean again in all areas you get some hoaxers but most of these people are not uh, and they're not publicity seekers uh, they've just they believe they've had a strange experience. Whether they have or they haven't is obviously uh, up for debate. Let me stop you there, because the reason I asked you that was, if you gave them that explanation that you gave me, does that make them feel better, or do they get hurt and angry that, no, I don't believe you? No, that, well, you typically get the latter. I mean, it depends, again, about what stage you get to them, if you like. I mean, because if you if you generally i mean if I, I i often do talks you know for the for the for the public and so on and and very often i will uh, mention talk about sleep paralysis and it's not that unusual for people to so one or two to come up to me at the end and say i've had that and i never knew what it was now you know in that case i'm really glad that i've got to them and said look it's this thing called sleep paralysis we do know about it it's really scary but it's essentially harmless you know i'm trying to defuse it and kind of not but if I, maybe if I hadn't ever said that to them and they'd read one of those UFO books and then they get the idea that I've been abducted. And that can, for some people, provide what appears to be a plausible explanation. They can become very invested in it. I mean, let's face it, it makes you very special that they've travelled all the way across the galaxy and they've chosen you. You know, I mean, uh, it's got secondary gains there. Mm. Um, and some people then really do not want to you know, lose the idea that actually, you know, they really have been uh, abducted by aliens. Um, and so some of them will get very um, you know, angry about it and upset and, and not want to hear that. I'm talking to Professor Christopher C. French, who is head of the Anomalistic um, Psychology good. Research Unit. Do you think, and this is a straightforward question actually, that there may be other beings in this world? 
in this universe, I think yes, there's a very good chance that that there are in in this world. I don't I don't think alien life forms have actually come to our planet. I mean, I I used to believe in a lot of this stuff. I can remember as a kid reading Eric von Daniken's books on chariots of the gods. Do you remember those? Mm-hmm. The idea yep. that the Earth had been visited in its past by alien. Uh, aliens and they'd kind of helped us with technology and various other things uh, and I loved those books and I took them I took them at face value I thought they were all true I now realize that yeah they're a load of nonsense basically it's entertaining stuff but it isn't true Christopher what do you think about area is it area 53 in America Area 51. 51. Yeah. I knew I'd um, get that one wrong. I, think are, I mean, again, you get lots of uh, sightings around military bases. Now, uh, you know, you've got a few possibilities there. One is that, you know, you've got aliens coming down and for, you know, they're, they're interested in kind of military technology. Um, another possibility, which I, for me is more plausible, is that they are going to at times be testing new technology on those bases and they're not going to want people to know about it. And if a few people happen to see something flying that they don't recognise, some strange new craft, you know, um, I think it's more plausible that they may well have had a, a sight of some new piece of military technology and the, the people who are doing the testing are kind of quite happy for, for those people who might report something to be dismissed as, quote, UFO nutters, unquote, rather than attracting attention to what they're really doing. Uh, so I think that's that's one important factor. Um, I mean, and then, you know, you've got claims about uh, crashed saucers from Roswell being, you know, taken to military bases and so on and so forth and being used for reverse engineering and so on. Um, there isn't really any kind of compelling evidence to support any of those claims. So again, it gets back to what we talked about earlier. It fits into the conspiracy theory narrative. And the one, the one really great thing about conspiracy theories from the believer's point of view is they are unfalsifiable. Any evidence that appears to count against the conspiracy, well, that's been put there by the conspirators. And the fact that often there doesn't seem to be any evidence to support the conspiracy, well, that in itself is taken as evidence of a conspiracy because the conspirators would cover it up, wouldn't they? So what, do you th- so what do you think of the idea that governments are hiding stuff from us? I think governments, again, I mean, I would kind of... I think yeah, the question has to be a bit more nuanced insofar as we... I don't find it at all surprising that sometimes governments are less than truthful. They certainly will put a spin on whatever they're telling us. Um, And I think a lot of the time, I tend to go for the kind of, rather than the conspiracy version of history, the cock-up version of history. When they cock things up, they'll try and cover it up, and they'll try not to let us in. But the notion that that there's this massive evil conspiracy going on with a view to kind of whatever it may be, world domination, you know, controlling our lives down to the last detail and so on and so forth. I don't buy that. Um, yeah, they will sometimes cover things up and as they're more likely to be doing so when they've actually cocked something up rather than the idea that they've uh, got some vast, powerful conspiracy. I mean, another thing about the kind of this notion of government conspiracies is it gives the governments far more credit than they really deserve. I mean, let's face it, just how competent are they? 
So you definitely don't believe anybody in this world has been abducted by aliens? I don't think so. I mean, again, you can never be 100% sure on any of this. But having, you know, thought about it, having read around it, having done some studies ourselves, looking at the psychology of people who claim to have alien contact, no, I don't think it's happening. You're a fascinating man. I could talk to you all day. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Can people find out about you and what you think about? Yeah, they, I mean, if they go online, I mean, I'm, I'm easy to find. I'm at Goldsmiths. Uh, we've, I mean, there's a website for the Anomalistic Psychology Research Unit. Uh, anybody who, any of your listeners who live down south are welcome to come along to the various talks and so on that we organise. Um, so, yeah. There's, uh, there's, there's stuff online there as well. Thank you for talking to me. Okay, great to talk to you. Take care.